The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Oh my God, Jody, I'm totally ready. Let's do this. So exciting. We have a really great guest today. I'm he's actually the smartest man in the world. Did you know that, Jody? So so he's told me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he puts it out there. So I'm really excited to hear about um like pick his brain because I feel like we're gonna learn a lot today about marketing and branding. Um but before we introduce him you know, let's let's just you know we're almost at the end of summer. Isn't this crazy? How is I know, that? Happening? I I don't know. School started yesterday for my daughter, and it's starting tomorrow for my son. So it's like back to school and like back to the real world. So wow, I, yeah, I don't know how quickly it goes. Yeah, and I was actually in some drugstore and I saw Halloween decorations. Um, why? Like, isn't it a little early for that? But I don't know. Um, so, yeah. So, we're really psyched to um, have Saul Colt with us today. And um, let me just give you a little bit um, about his bio. Uh, Saul Colt is the founder and creative director of Saul Colt, the idea integration company. In his career, he has been named as one of iMedia's 25 internet marketing leaders and innovators, as well as been called one of Canada's best community builders, experiential marketers. New York Times bestselling author and internet pioneer Chris Brogan once referred to Saul as exactly who you want representing your company. And that message has been echoed by media properties ranging from Inc. to Forbes magazine. In a previous life, Saul was the first international employee of Zipcar and the and the person responsible for launching Zipcar into the Canadian marketplace. He was a key person in the growth of FreshBooks. We all should be familiar with FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting service for small business owners, and even knows what it is like to work for a large corporation from his time in a leadership role at Rogers Communications. On top of all that, Saul is a professional speaker and consultant specializing in social media, uh, customer service, community building, and word-of-mouth marketing. Saul loves all people, especially women, (laughs) I love that, and is tired of people asking him to remove his shirt. (laughs) Okay, well, we won't be doing that on the because we're on radio, but in his free time, he collects Nike Air Force One sneakers, watches lots of movies, and just happens to be the smartest man in the world. Welcome, Saul, to our show. Wow, thank you so much. That is like the longest introduction ever, and I know (laughs) I wrote it, so I think (laughs) in the future, it should just be Saul is great, and we'll just sort of like take it from there. 
<laughs> and I was going to say, Saul is my friend on Facebook. So what else do you need to know, right? Mm-hmm. I know. I just connected with Saul across multiple platforms. So I, I thank you for like following me back. And you're like, who is this Liz Gold person? But um, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, <laughs> Facebook, I'm like all about Saul right now. So, so Saul, like, you know, we just did a big introduction, but, you know, what I'm really curious about is your Win Saul campaign, which I think, Jody, you mentioned, like, you know, you put out this, you sort of started a social media campaign to to find a job, but in a non-traditional way, because you you wanted the companies to apply to actually hire you. So can you tell us how that worked and, and how, what your, the response was? Sure. So I am, um, it's about a, a, probably about a year ago, uh, you know, around this month, I, I found myself, uh, I'd finished a one-year contract with uh, accounting uh, software company Zero, and I, you know, found myself looking for a job. And I, you know, I could have, you know, applied for places and gone through the, the traditional route. But ev- everything I do with my career, with my, you know, marketing sensibilities and the ideas I come up with, they're all, you know, just a little different. Uh, so I decided, you know, I've worked so hard in my career to to build a reputation and to build, um, you know, real interesting things, you know, credible things that I can point to that I've done, that I probably only have one chance uh, ever to dictate really where I work. So I decided I was going to, you know, take that chance now and, and say, I'm not applying to work anywhere. I've done all these really cool things in my career. I've had, you know, success after success after success, and it's all, you know, measurable and quantifiable, and, you know, it's not made up. I'm going to make companies jump through a little hoop uh, to work with me because in my, you know, weird sort of sensibility, I believe that, you know, the hiring process is completely broken or at least, you know, damaged because the, the whole purpose of uh, the hiring process is to put a candidate who you want to come in and, and perform for you, uh, put them at a, a moment of, uh, you know, disadvantage and defense mechanisms like all up. And it, it's just so strange that you actually start your, your the interview process in a, in a position where you're, you know, everything you, you say and do is being sort of monitored and tracked and, and measured to the point where you're not yourself and you're not comfortable. So I wanted to remove the that from the whole equation and say, you want to work with me, apply to work with me. And, you know, I, I don't remember all the exact numbers, but I think I had about 22 companies applied. Uh, there was, you know, a handful of them were obviously like pranks and things like that, but there was about 13 real legitimate companies and about eight that I was interested in. I interviewed all eight. I conducted the interviews. It wasn't, uh, you know, just because they put their hand up that all of a sudden we'd slip back into the traditional way of doing things and narrowed it down to a few companies and, and sort of made a decision. And, and I, from that, I, I landed another one-year contract with a company. And the reason I did it, besides all the, the things I've already said, is as you could probably, you know, get from my rambling so so far is that you know I'm, I'm not everyone's cup of tea I'm, I'm a little bit different than most people my my mm-hmm. thoughts are different my ideas are different what I want to accomplish is very different so at this point in my career you know I'm not a kid anymore I've been doing this probably close to 20 years um, I really want fit 
you know, I can, I can make any company great. I can build any brand for anybody. I can literally change people's lives through my work. Um, for me, I'm, I'm on this constant search for, you know, happiness or fit or somewhere where I don't expect everyone to get me, um, but I want be in a place where at least they appreciate me. So that was the purpose of the Win Saul contest. It wasn't, it was to find a job and find income. Everybody needs to survive and live. Uh, mm-hmm. But for me, I wanted to control where I went to a certain extent because I was looking for somewhere where that, you know, I sort of fit in and I could have, you know, some fun and they would be appreciative of the, the type of things I want to do and, and how I do things. So that's what I, I mean, that's what I totally love about you is like you always do something that nobody else does or someone, something that they think, oh, maybe I should do that. But then everybody else check in, chickens out and then you're like, no, I'm going to totally do it. Mm-hmm. That, you know, and, and I, I'm completely honest about this all the time, you know, like. I think I come up with ideas no one's ever thought of, but I also come up with a whole bunch of ideas that other people think of all the time. One of the the differences is, um, you know, everybody can have, you know, a a spurt of really great ideas. I think I'm more consistent, and I I come up with a lot of great ideas, but the thing that separates me from a lot of people also is just like I'm fearless in my execution. I will do things without permission, you know, whether it be, you know, um, you know, my time at zero, we did uh, an event on the, the, the lawn of the state capitol building in California, in Sacramento. We didn't have permission to be there. We got kicked out, but, you know, we accomplished what we wanted to do. We, we got enough time before we were kicked out. So I, I'm the guy that, you know, is willing to take real great, you know, risks and chances, but at the same time, they're calculated risks because I already know, you know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen and what could happen. And because I, I over plan and I micromanage and I, you know, obsess over these things, nothing's ever blown up in my face because I kind of know, okay, we're going to be able to do this for this amount of time. Security's going to throw us out, but as long as we hit, you know, these kind of, kind of goals, we'll be able to get away with it where most people, when they're faced with, oh my God, security's going to shut us down, they just won't do the idea. Were you always like that or ha- did you have to come into that fearlessness? Um, I've always been fearless, but I haven't always been in a position where, where um, you know, companies have allowed me to be fearless and right. that's why I strive for fit and, and you know and, and I've been in positions where I thought it was going to be the greatest fit in the world and you know you, you can do all the due diligence you want and you can you can talk to as many people until you've spent two or three months in a in a, in a place you don't really know what it's going to be like but um, I've always had this because I've always um, you know I've always bounced between self-employment you know consulting working for people because I think it'd be a great opportunity chasing a dream to the left chasing a dream to the right and you know when you're you know, you're sort of always in survival mode, and I'd like to think I, I do pretty well. I've got a little bit of success, but, you know, I'm not, you know, the type of success where, you know, I'm driving a Porsche and, you know, all my bills are paid. So it's always about survival, no matter what position you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, you always have to, like, take chances and, and be different. And, you know, my goal for my career and, and my goal for the type of work I do is um, I want to be the best in the world at a very small skill set. So I want to be the best in the world at, you know, this experiential marketing and stunt marketing and sort of the really hyper-creative stuff. So to do that, you have to always be proving yourself over and over and over. You can never sort of be complacent and right. never complacent about anything. 
And I think, too, the other thing is, is when you think of marketing now, too, marketing kind of is, I don't know, it's not as creative as it used to be. Like, everyone's into statistics and all this other stuff about marketing that it kind of, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but it seems like a lot of times it's lost its flair. Because everyone's just doing, like, run-of-the-mill marketing, which doesn't necessarily actually make me want to do anything with your brand or not do anything with your brand. It's just kind of like, oh, oh, um. Yeah, so. no, it, it's it's a shame because I actually don't think many companies market anymore, or at least marketing in the way you know we think of classical marketing. It's a lot of it is automated now. A lot of it is you know these these nurture campaigns and you know it's all analytics. And I've said this many times, and a lot of people either agree or roll their eyes. But you know, people say is marketing an art or a science. I'm firmly in the camp of you do measure everything. But, you know, without the art, you have nothing to measure. And a lot of people are skipping the art side of it and jumping right to, you know, just, you know, you can't jump to the spreadsheet if you have no numbers to put in. So, you, excuse me, you need to work in, in sort of the, the, the notepad or, or, you know, Microsoft Word before you go to Excel. And uh, a lot of people are trying to sort of fast track to Excel and just jam numbers into something. But... Data isn't perfect, and you know you can you can sort of make numbers, you know, read whatever you really want them to read. Numbers will never show you how a, a customer feels about your brand or how people are connected. So, um, you know, Jody and and you know Jody mentioned that we're Facebook friends. We've been friends for years, so this isn't like a new thing. But I, I made a, a post on the weekend. A company that you know I wouldn't have the career I have if I, I didn't work there was FreshBooks, uh, you know, the online uh, accounting platform. And, you know, FreshBooks is a company that's very dear to my heart. So on the weekend, I, I posted on Facebook that I was wearing like one of the, the classic FreshBooks t-shirts, you know, probably it's probably seven or eight years old now. It had the old tagline, had everything. And someone stopped me and uh, they asked me where I got the shirt. And we, we ended up talking about it for about 30 minutes. I explained to them, you know, I was the employee number nine, you know, really, you know, instrumental in building the brand and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And this person was able to, to repeat back to me. We talked for like half an hour. He was able to tell me five individual touch points that FreshBooks sort of like made a, a huge impression on him. And like that made me feel great because I, I was part of, I think, three of the five. Um, but it's really amazing, you know, when you're in those situations, how, you know, Real experiences connect with people, whereas, you know, an email campaign may alert people to things and they will decide, you know, yes or no, whether we want to go to something. And email campaigns are great, so I'm not saying they're not. They're, they're key to, you know, what I do, but they can't be the only thing you're doing because it's those real emotional things that connect with people. And that's what branding is. Brands, you know, there used to be the, the saying that, you know, your brand isn't what you say it is, it's what Google says it is. I would actually disagree and say it's what your customers say it is because mm -hmm. every touch point, every time you speak to someone on the phone, it's your brand. Every time, you know, you, you're out in public wearing the T-shirt, you know, however you act around those people is the company brand. And all those things people remember and so few companies are, are spending any time thinking about that stuff anymore. So that, that's a good or a bad thing. I'm either going to have no consultant clients because people devalue what I do or one day people are going to wake up and I'm going to be the richest guy in the world. 
Well, and I think that's what really makes you special. But we have to take a break now. But when we come back, we'll hear more about some of the cool stuff that Saul has done with branding. Stay tuned. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Hello, and we're talking to Saul Colt. Uh, from the Idea Integration Company, uh, which is a boutique word-of-mouth and non-traditional marketing company specializing in online and offline experiences, branding, communications, and social media. We've been talking to Saul, 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 we've been talking to Saul about uh, branding and, you know, non-traditional sort of experiences. Um, But first, before we get into more, you know, tips on how to start, you know, building a brand, I'm curious about your your history. How did you get your start, Saul? Um, so I grew up in a family business. Uh, my my family owned a corrugated box company. Uh, so from the time I was about twelve years old, I you know was working in the company. I did every role from janitor, sweeping the warehouse, to running the the business. And from there, um, I uh, you know I, I 
wanted to do more creative pursuits that didn't exactly match uh, uh, what um, you know where my desires were. So I, I started uh, at about 18 years old or 19 years old a comic book publishing company. My, my actual goal was to to be a movie director. Um, that's where my love and passion was. But, you know, at that time, you couldn't make movies on your cell phone. It would take hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I started um, making comic books and publishing them um, that way, telling the stories I wanted to tell. And I kind of learned everything that I use now uh, in my days in the comic book business. I was very fortunate. I went to the best business school in the world, which was, you know, working beside my dad. Uh, so, you know, where some people launch, you know, comic book pursuits because their passion is comic books. I, I wanted to build a great business and we built it up to, you know, we had distribution in five countries and, you know, we won mm. a couple of awards here and there. So it was really more wow. of a business than a hobby. Um, but, at the same time, I was publishing superhero books that were a dollar more expensive than Batman, and there were characters nobody knew. So, you know, when you talk about being fearless, I had to do some really crazy things just to get anyone to notice me. Um, so that's really, you know, I think the, the charm of, of what I'm known for, or the, the reason I can do what I do, is uh, I'm not a classically trained marketer, but um, man, have I read every marketing book ever written. Um, I've got, you know, I went to school for marketing, but my practical experience really came from, and I talk about the, the survival mode. I, I was trying to stay alive in, a, in an industry that, you know, I shouldn't have had any place uh, being successful in because I was putting out something that even by my own admission now wasn't uh, as good a, a product as you know what the the big boys were doing but I still you know supported myself for almost a decade doing it and and I did pretty well and ended up you know selling that business so so that's an amazing start I, I had no idea about the comic uh, book history but you know in terms of Branding, you know, if if you're a small company or you're a one-person company, a solopreneur, I mean, how do you how do you start building your brand? What do you do if you have limited resources and you're sort of you kind of have an idea, but you're not really sure, or your business is just sort of like you know on uh, feeble legs? How do you start building visibility and building your brand? So the way you build your brand is is sort of the the secret to, um, you know, word of mouth marketing or or you know mm. however you want to say it. But you know one one of the things I talk about all the time in in keynotes and things is you know you have to fiercely know what you want to be known for, and you have to like you know take some some risks and sort of stand out. So every project you do, you have to talk about it. So I, I've, been, I've been speaking professionally for almost uh, nine or ten years now. I've done hundreds and hundreds of keynotes. And every talk I give, I only use myself as um, the case studies. So you're going to leave with complete actionable plan to, you know, build your brand or create a marketing strategy or, or whatever, whatever, whatever. But I only use myself as the examples because why would I talk about anyone else? Why would I give my spotlight time to Apple or Amazon and, you know, talk about different things? And why would I, why would I um, you know, anything I say about how Apple does things is going to be a complete speculation. I only talk about myself because, and some people think it's arrogant and some people think it's crazy, but, 
you know, at any time, I can be interrupted, and I can tell you where the idea came from, right to execution, right to results. You have to be, like, your own greatest champion, because no one is going to do it for you. Um, but you also have to know what you want to be known for. When I talk about, you know, I want to be the best in the world at a small, narrow, you know, skill set, that's what I chose my brand to be. Now, I, I've got sub-brands where, you know, people think I'm, I'm you know, a... a I don't know, sexual deviant and all these crazy things because I, I talk about risque things because that's what I think is funny. You know, you're building a brand from a solo perspective. You have to let people know you because they're not hiring a big company. They're not hiring thing. They're hiring just you or you and your team. I'm the face of my company. I have, you know, several people that I work with on a, you know, a, a transactional basis, freelancers and, and creative professionals, but ultimately they're hiring me and they're trusting me to bring my team in. So, you know, I'm always, you know, I don't sugarcoat anything as far as who I am or what type of ideas I w- I, I'm going to bring to your company because I, I tell people flat out, I'm not for everybody. You have to be very firm and clear on exactly what you want to be known for because you, you can't control it, but at least you can control a little of it. And as far as being memorable, um, this is another thing I, I say all the time. You, you have to know where that line of like good taste is and cross that line by like a baby step because the, if, you're, if you're just on that line, you're going to be completely forgettable. You're going to be just like every other consultant, every other small business, every other large business. Um, but, you know, when you cross that line by just a tiny, tiny bit, that's where the memories happen. So when you think of, you know, big companies and things like that, um, you know, everyone's sort of known for something. And, and a lot of companies, like so, a, a brand that I love is Nike. You know, they're all about the athlete. They're all about athleticism. But they also don't shy away from controversy because they know that that doesn't hurt them. It just sort of extends the conversation because you can only talk about basketball shoes so long and things like that. So when they do, you know, when Tiger Woods got into all of his trouble and stuff like that, they didn't drop him right away. They actually rode that wave for a while because they knew that that would be memorable and they knew that it actually spoke to who they were as people and, and as a company. As a small brand, you have to always just be out there constantly talking about yourself, what you've done, back it up with proof points. It can't be, you know, hype or, or um, you know, just ridiculousness. Um, it's always like, this is what we've done, proof, 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 proof. This is what we stand for, and this is what makes us really interesting because, you know, people hire people, and that's, you know, all the jobs I've gotten have been, you know, people want to work with me because they, they know the results I can bring, but they also know they're going to spend eight hours a day with me for three or four months, and, and they want to either learn or have fun or, you know, be part of something really interesting. So it sounds like it's a mix of personal and business. You have to have the business acumen, but also you have to have personality and you have to have edge and you have to know how to just balance that, um, you know, what you had said going, what, how did you word it about knowing how far to take something, you know, without you have to going crazy? The line if you want to be memorable, right. if you don't want to be memorable. Right then it's totally different. But you have to cross the line because there's, it's so noisy right now. Like, go on Twitter. Yeah. You, don't, you don't see anything anymore. You, there's no conversations happening um, unless, you know, something crazy happens. So you have to almost, you know, not every brand, um, 
works with crazy, and I, I like to think I'm not crazy at all, but some people look at it that way, but it's all very controlled and structured. So you cross the line a little bit just to be memorable. You don't cross the line and be like racist or things like that. It's, it's, you have to be like very right. strategic in how you become memorable because there's so many people who do the exact same thing as you. Yeah, I would love to hear an example of that, perhaps, when we uh, come back from break. So um, we're talking to Saul Colt, and we will be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, and I'm Jody Paydar here with Liz Gold, and we are talking to Salt Coat who is the word-of-mouth marketer extraordinaire. And I've known Saul for a few years now, and one of the stories that I would like to tell about how he, when he was at FreshBooks, helped, you know, build my brand, which I thought was, like, I didn't get it when we did it with FreshBooks, but now, like, looking back, it was, like, totally brilliant. So what happened was is I was supposed to be at a conference, and it didn't work out at the last minute, and so I wasn't attending the conference. And so um, I had talked to FreshBooks about how I wasn't attending the conference. 
And Casey Bain, who was like their director, Mark, I don't know what her title was exactly at that point, but she was in marketing. And um, what they did is they made my head, like my face, into a cake pop because cake pops at the time were pretty trendy. And then they did like a little blurb around the cake pop about me because I was like a FreshBooks accountant. We were promoting it all the time. And uh, I showed up at the conference as a cake pop and then via Twitter promoted my cake pops and had everyone um, who was following the Twitter feed go to the booth to get a cake pop. And we did a lot of lead up around it. And to me, it was like, it was brilliant. And I didn't really understand why it was so brilliant. I was just like, sure, I'll be on a cake pop and it'll be fun. Um, But maybe Saul could break it down as to why that was like, from a marketer's perspective, that was like such a great idea. So I would say it's a great idea because, one, it, it made me jealous that I didn't think of it, and that's how I measure really great ideas. But, um, you know, it, it's a great idea because you're giving people something unexpected. Um, you know, when people go to a conference, you know, they, they expect, you know, booths, and they expect people to, you know, give them swag in a certain way, either a gift bag or at their desk or, um, you know, at their booth. And, and, you know, we came up with an idea that, you know, we were able to, and, and you know, pardon the craftsness of this, we were able to leverage your popularity and your, you know, your influence over these people, uh, but also deliver something that was really satisfying from an experience level. It was, you know, obviously it was food, it was something people could enjoy, but it started conversations. And that's the number one thing you have to be doing is always starting conversations. And the way you do that is you you know, you do the unexpected. You break out of people's comfort levels. You do something. You know, I, I always tell people you sort of like, you know, you go down a path and you make a, a hard left turn. There, I can give, you know, hundreds of examples that we used to do at, at FreshBooks. And, and I have a, a sneaky suspicion that you're going to see a lot of those things coming back. And, you know, I, I've been sort of talking with the company and, and they're amazing. They're open to a lot of things. But, you know, like, some of the other things we did at conferences were we would um, leave trails of candy from, like, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the sign-in desk to get your badge all the way to our booth. Or, you know, in our booths we had magicians and clowns and, and you know, we even had uh, a Santa Claus in July and we had people sitting on Santa's laps and taking pictures of Santa and you'd say, well, how does that, you know, fit in with the goals of, of the, the conference, the goal of, of um, you know, FreshBooks, you know, online invoicing? Well, the goal is to get people to stop and spend time with you. The goal is to have a shared experience and the goal is to get them to, to be interested in your company and, and either form a decision then or form a decision later on whether or not they could use it. But, you know, the number one thing, especially if you're a niche product like FreshBooks, is not everyone can use this product. It's just a flat out, um, you know, fact. You have to have a business. You have to have a small and, business and things that. But everybody can talk about your company. So and how is it like, how is it that this, like, word of mouth marketing is different than guerrilla marketing? Like, what would you say the difference is? 
it's similar. So, you know, it's, they're, they're almost interchangeable. Gorilla usually means a little bit more on the lines of uh, not having permission uh, to do things. So I would say I do both. Um, but word of mouth is really just creating conversations, getting somebody to, you know, turn to the person next to them and saying, you know, I can't believe this is happening or you'd never believe what I just saw and carrying that conversation. So I, I did a talk recently uh, where I explained the concept of, you know, no like and trust, KL. The, the two of you, you know, Jody knows me, but, but Liz, you don't. So if I say to you, Liz, you have to try this restaurant, you'll be like, okay, maybe I'll get there or I won't get there. But if I, I tell Jody, because Jody and I have a relationship, you know, there's a level of trust. She knows mm-hmm. me. Um, and she knows that if I give her a referral, I know her a little bit, that there's a greater chance that she's going to actually try something. So word of mouth is all about handing over the power to your customers and letting them do the selling for you or the referrals or however you want to call it. So guerrilla marketing, if we want to get really, really technical, could be the execution to get people to start talking and word of mouth is the result. But they're really kind of interchangeable. And then that's just like oversimplified now because of social media, right? Because now it's not just the people in your town who know what you're talking about. It's like the whole internet and the whole world that knows what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But it, it's also that- ex- expanded to the point where, you know, there are people that you trust, you don't trust. And you're, some people, you value their opinions much greater than others. So you have to find those, like, true influencers. And I, I talk about this all the time. Like, influencers shouldn't be, you know, industry experts, and it shouldn't be celebrities. It should be your customers. Make your customers the, the heroes because they're going to have, you know, they are your exact target because they're already using your product. So they're going to know other people that, you know, in their, their social circles or in their associations that they're, um, you know, uh, belong to, they should be the people you're spending all your time with and not chasing down, you know, you know, fancy people with a million followers on, on Twitter who are, are going to be completely untargeted for you. So you had mentioned Nike as somebody that sort of did it right when the controversy emerged uh, with Tiger Woods. What other companies do you see sort of knocking it out of the ballpark with with some marketing strategies and tactics? Um, so I, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I don't really pay that much attention to what other people are doing because I don't want to be influenced by it. I know that mm-hmm. sounds really sort of arrogant and ridiculous, but when I say influenced by it, I don't want to do derivative work. I want to stay in my own little bubble, create ideas nobody's ever seen before, and uh, not be influenced by something that Red Bull or Nike or whoever is doing. There, there's tons of companies doing really amazing, amazing stuff. And if I put my mind to it, I could pull a couple examples. But like, I, I honestly pay almost no attention to anyone else because I want my ideas to be completely original. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's a, clever, that's a clever way of saying I don't know how to answer your question. It's actually <laughs> the truth. I, you know, I mean, because sometimes it's it's hard to avoid, you know, companies come up on your Facebook feed or on Twitter or, you know, so, I mean, I guess that's some good work on your part to shut it out. Well, I think I it's hard to. Be- Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's hard, too, because I think a lot of times people like want to see what other people are doing and mm-hmm. they don't mean to copy it, but they do just because like it clouds their thoughts. So I like the idea of how you're not really paying all that much attention to it because you know, it, it needs to be creative and it needs to be fresh and different. And 
I think the accounting industry is sort of really guilty of that. Honestly. I mean, it's like you see somebody doing something cool and you're like, oh, we have to do that. You know, and it's like you can't do the same thing somebody else just did. I mean, you know, like it doesn't just doesn't work. Everyone will recognize it. (laughs) True. (laughs) True. Um, So, yeah. So, you know, what do you what kind of things are you working on now? You know, um, you're doing you're doing the idea integration company. So, you know, what projects do you have brewing? So um, I I can't really talk too much about what I'm working on right now, which sounds ridiculous um, because that's how you get more business. But I can tell you I've got three customers, three clients I'm working with, um, you know, on a a very sort of – part-time, full-time basis. I'm building two amazing brands uh, for people where I think in the next, by January, um, a lot of people are going to know about these two companies. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm sort of helping another brand out with some, some getting them back to their roots and doing sort of the things that they were um, most known for. So I'd say in the next 60 days, I'll be able to talk about some cool stuff and I'll have some things I'm really proud of. But all I can say is I'm extremely busy. But if anybody wants to work <laughs> with me, um, you know, they should reach out and I have time starting in the new year. So do you have like a process when you bring on a new customer? And I, I mean, I, I'm sure that everything you do is customized and really depends on, you know, what, where that person or company is at. But do you have an p- internal process that you use? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I try to make it look as flippant as possible and fly by the seat of my pants because I think that's part of the charm. Um, but you can't be creative all the time unless you actually have some structure and foundation and, and especially be creative quickly, like on a, on a moment's notice. So uh, I won't bore you with the whole process. I'll give you the, the complete sort of simplistic version of it. You know, I, I have a, a filter that I run every idea through, um, and the filter is called Laugh, Think, Cry. Um, I know when I've got a good idea when it hits two of those three or even three of the three, and I use cry um, just because it's a, a short version of create a genuine you know, emotion. But you know, if you have an idea and it, it makes people laugh and nothing else, it's probably not that memorable. If it makes them laugh and think, you're probably on to something. If it makes them think and creates a real emotion, you're probably on to something. And if it makes them laugh and creates a real emotion, um, you know, whether that be nostalgia or something like that, um, you're probably on to something. And if you can actually make someone laugh, make someone think, and make some, you know, create a real emotion for somebody, um, you've got maybe the the greatest idea ever. So I've got a whole creative brainstorming session, uh, you know, Things like that, but when I I sort of nail the idea, or at least I think I've nailed the idea, I run it through the laugh, think, cry formula, and everybody should be doing that. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, do you have a network of people that you bounce ideas off of, or is it just sort of like you have an idea and you just take it to work? Um, I always bounce ideas off people. I've got two or three really sort of trusted uh, people that sort of get me. They know, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish. I bounce ideas, but just if one or two of these people don't appreciate the idea, it doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. I may take a longer look at it. I may try to think of it a little longer, but um, I'm crazy stubborn. 
and I know I can make anything work. Um, one thing I will say is no idea ever starts out at the beginning and, and looks the same at the end, and that's part of the, the value and experience of working with someone like me. I don't let anyone execute my ideas except for myself. Some people think that's maniacal, but the truth is everything always breaks. When you're trying to do something really crazy and edgy, it's, it's never going to go smooth. So I'm always there to fix things in real time. I've already got plan B, C, and D lined up and ready to go. So, you know, it's all, we're always going to get the same results we're trying to get at the end, but, you know, it may look a little different in, in the middle because, you know, like I said, if we're doing something crazy, you know, without permission, maybe there's security if we're doing... So do you get a like pit in your stomach about it like do you get like upset like the night before or are you just like (laughs) okay so there is it not like (laughs) okay so there's not like you're like freaking out the night before not I mean freaking out but there's that like general anxiousness like is it all going to work out right it's not just oh I'm going to do it and execute I never get anxious the night before because I've planned it every possible way imaginable but I'm always nervous 10 minutes before we start and then the nerves kind of just go away But I never let anyone see that stuff. Well, you're listening to Let's Get Radical, and we're talking to Saul Colt, and we will be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening. 
listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar, and we're talking to Saul Colt today, um, the word of mouth marketing guru. Uh, we've been talking about a lot of great stuff. So, um, if you just joined us, I really encourage you to go back and listen on iTunes or Stitcher. Um, so, Saul, I have to yeah. ask you. You you. Self, you self-describe yourself as the smartest man in the world. Do you get any flack for that? Um, I get flack um, on it all the time, but you know, like I'm cool with that. I, I can, I live up to everything, <laughs> all my promises. Um, you know, like it, it's not just me saying it. Google says it. No matter where you search, I'm like on the front page for smartest man in the world. Um, you know, and and that's what I talk about being memorable. You you have to, you know, if you're not if you're not ruffling some feathers, like, it just means nobody cares. If, if there's never any complaints, it means nobody noticed. Like, you can never make everybody happy all the time, so I don't bother trying. I am completely, selfishly myself in all situations. And so for somebody that um, really embraces, you know, your perspective and your way of being in the world, what what does personal growth look like for you? You know, I mean, in, when you look, think about what projects you take on and what you're learning and how you're interacting with people, how do you how do you measure that? So personal growth for me means that the scale of the projects get bigger, um, bigger budgets to do crazier things. And from a personal, so that's from a sort of professional level, from a personal level, personal growth is, is all about staying relevant. It may sound, you know, crazy, but, you know, like, Look how many people who are on the, the top of all the, the cool kids lists of social media five years ago that are, you know, are working at gas stations now and things like that. Like for me, growth is always, you know, even if it's just little tiny steps in the right direction, it's always about sticking around, doing good work. Like I, I never want to be like I, I have this cool brand that people sort of, you know, really enjoy following. But for me, it's always about doing, being about the work. I'd love people to know, you know, hey, this guy's really funny and cool. He said something funny on Twitter. But do you know the last six things he did professionally? Those were really amazing. So I, I want to always be known as the guy doing cool stuff and have people actually know what I did as opposed to the guy making inappropriate jokes on Twitter, which I also do and I'm proud of. But, you know, like, if I had to choose between one of the two, I always want to be known for accomplishments instead of, you know, I want to be known for steak instead of sizzle. And, and to think he did all this about accounting software. I mean, think about that, right? Like, I mean, just accounting software is so cool and everyone thinks we're such geeks and yet it's all figured out a way to make accounting software cool. Well, you know what the secret is, and, and I'm going to pull the curtain back. It's like <laughs> accountants are human beings, man. Like, it's, you, know, you treat them good. You treat them with respect. Nobody, nobody thinks they're not cool. So why, you know, why assume people aren't cool? It's all about 
doing cool stuff with fun people. Like I've met so many amazing people in the accounting industry that were tons of fun. You know, maybe what they do from from you know eight thirty to to six thirty, you know, crunching numbers isn't the most like fun thing, but to them it is. But guess what? You know, at eight o'clock at night, they they watch the same TV shows that I watch. They watch the same movies I watch. You know, we have tons of things to talk about. And I think people, you know, automatically pigeonhole certain industries as like, oh, accountants or lawyers, they're not fun. Well, guess what? Take a bunch of people bowling. They're going to have a good time and you're going to have a good time. It's, it's so simple, but people just think, you know, okay, this is a stereotype. This is how we have to, like, speak to these people when it's not the case. Right. I, I have to coin that accountants are human beings. I, I think that's perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I once knew an accountant who um, down in the financial district joined a Grateful Dead group for for people that, you know, were, you know, in business, like guys that were like big Grateful Dead followers and then, you know, wanted to hang out after hours and like, you know, shoot the crap with each other and, you know, maybe pick up a show or something. So, you know, I, you know, everybody's got their thing. So that that's pretty cool. Um so we have to give a shout out to Avalara and Bill.com, our amazing sponsors. And it's been really fantastic to talk talk to Saul Colt. And so just any last minute tips, Saul, for, for new businesses trying to get the word out about their brand and, um, you know, what are three things that they should do immediately starting now? So, you know, Every new business should know their first 100 customers by name. Uh, those first 100 customers are going to be your, your uh, influencers. They're going to be your product advisors. They're going to be your passive sales group. Um, you know, make them feel so warm and welcome and included in your product. You know, ask them things. You don't have to do everything they say, but make them feel emotionally attached to what you're doing because they're going to, you know, they're going to stick around the longest. So that's, I think, one of the big mistakes um, people make um, right off the bat. And if we're still talking about new businesses, know who your customers are before you even, um, you know, build your product or, or go crazy. The, the biggest mistake small businesses make is they leave that customer identification piece out of the equation. You know, a lot of people think that you just, you know, you build the product, you design the product, you build it, and you go into market. But the real thing is you identify your customers, know what they want you to build and, you know, who they are and, you know, whether or not they care about the product, then go and design it, then develop it, and then, you know, get to marketing it and release it to the world. So it's it's all about your customers. Everything you should do is about your customers. And as far as building your brand, like, just do things interesting, you know, take some chances. Nothing's going to blow up in your face as long as you don't, you know, you're not Bill Cosby and you're, you're putting, you know, drugs and cappuccino and stuff like that. Nothing's going like, to blow back at you guys. You have to, like, take some chances, you know, do some interesting things. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to sponsor something at a conference, don't just make it boring, you know, make it like, you know, an ice cream party. Like, I know, Jody, you've done some really cool things in the last couple of years of pool parties and stuff like that, you know. These are the things that people remember and stand out. You can't be ordinary ever because ordinary is death. So, Saul, real quick, how can people get in touch with you? I know you're all over the Internet, but um, how can people find you? 
Um, find me on Twitter at Saul Colt, S-A-U-L-C-O-L-T. Um, find me online, SaulColt.com. Uh, if you go to my website, you'll see it's, it needs a, a serious overhaul. Uh, that's in the process, but, you know, one of the nice things about being busy is I'm busy with client work and don't have a chance to, to work on my website. But you can find me, contact me, look at stuff I've done, see customers I've worked with, and, and uh, like I said, feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm easy on the eyes and, you know, happy to hop on a phone call and help people. So this awesome. has been a phenomenal, phenomenal interview with you, Saul. I'm so thankful that, you know, you were able to join us this morning. And if you guys like this interview, love us on, on um, iTunes, give us some reviews, um, reach out to Liz and I if you have ideas for our show, because we're in season two, Liz. Woo! I know we're we're taking it. We're we're running with it. So, thank you very much, and we will talk to you next week. Okay, thank you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Oh, 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 oh